Hello, hello, and welcome back to Heart, Soul, and Roots podcast. My name is Tiffany Durr, and I have with me Miss Nicole and our special guest. Nicole, you want to introduce? Oh, hey, Tiff. So nice to be with you again, as always. Yes. Good yeah. to see you. Um, so today we have another fabulous guest. Um, we are going to be talking to Andre Berry, who is a meditation teacher based in the UK. Um, he runs an awesome podcast called Buddha on a Bicycle. Um, he does all sorts of, uh, he's been doing online trainings and, and face-to-face trainings. And um, I'm really excited. We're both really excited to have you here. So welcome, Andre. Oh, firstly, can I say thank you? It's just I'm so looking forward to this. It's like uh, when you first started inviting me over, I've just been sort of thinking about it right the way throughout. It's been gorgeous. Um, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have to say I'm, I'm in a bit of a happy space. I've just I have, I do a meditation session um, every evening at six p.m. and I've got this kind of bed head on where I'm just like, oh, life is just so beautiful right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Come straight off the back of a meditation session. Nice. Yeah. Lovely. So how long how long have you been so how long have you been meditating for? And how did well, you get into it? Yeah, well, I, I suppose I've been meditating. I've been exploring meditation techniques over the last sort of 18 years. Um, but I came across transcend or uh, my latest technique or latest technique was transcendental meditation. Um, over the last um, sort of 13 years um, and it rather it was rather interesting what was happening my my father I everything in life was a bit of a mess I couldn't find any clarity I couldn't find any fun couldn't find anything it was just a really challenging period and on top of that my father kind of passed uh, passed away was diagnosed with cancer and passed away um, and it put me in a situation where I just didn't know what to do and I suppose at the time I was more concerned about my mum and sister, not that I had to worry about my mum and sister, they were just fine, they were doing very, very well indeed, it was me who had the issue. And then I had this crazy situation where three people in the space of 10 days said, why don't you try TM? Why don't you try what this, uh, this meditation technique, it seems to work very well. And I gave it a go. And I, I suppose I was at that sort of stage where I needed to address it. I was at a stage where I was so uncomfortable in who I was, I really need to do something about it. Um, and so I grabbed hold of this technique. And as by grabbing hold of this technique, um, I slowly began to see a little bit of light. So how long have you been, how long have you been teaching? So, yeah, well, I, the thing is, I've practicing for about 13 years, twice a day, every day. I absolutely love the practice. I love what it does for me. It puts me in a space where, of course, there's life's challenges, ups and downs here and there. But there's just something about it that just gave me this sort of feeling of, do you know what? It's all going to be okay. And that feeling of, huh, it's all going to be okay, really grew on me to the point that I just really felt that I had to teach this stuff. Um, I had to teach this wonderful technique. And uh, by learn- and then from there onwards, it became, well, when's the next teaching course coming up? Um, and let's, what's, what can I do between the decision to decide, to decide I wanted to teach to where I am now? And, um, and so a teaching course came up about five years ago. Um, and then prior to that, I just spent more time immersing myself into meditation practice, doing yoga, uh, incorporating yoga into my day as well, and reading an extensive book list um, about life and different perspectives of life in so many different and unique ways. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, so teaching itself, I've started for about, about five years ago and have been enjoying it so, so very much. <laughs> 
yeah I've, I've recently been on the receiving end yes <laughs> yeah I, I kind of feel for you actually I really want you could because my throat is the one time that I lost my voice <laughs> and um, it was like oh I'm very open and very expressive and I love talking and I love chatting and I love the energy that runs through me um, and I was really looking forward to expressing that uh, expressing the teachings I always do and then at the same time it was like Ugh can hardly speak <laughs> the energy was, but we got there and it was a real pleasure to teach you there as Nicole as well it really was yeah, no it was really it was really great really really great experience to learn from you and to get that gift so, Tiff what about you what's your meditation experience yeah okay so my meditation experience oh man we're going there <laughs> <laughs> um so Mine has been, I would say a bit of a bumpy road, to be honest. Um, I, I get, sometimes I'm really good about getting up and meditating in the morning. And then, um, then I overthink it. You guys ever get like that? Like you overthink it. Like, oh, am I doing it right? Is this the right way? Does it, should it be guided? Should it not be guided? Do I just need to sit here? I just, you know, get the, into the busyness of it instead of like the actual meditating. And so I, I, it ebbs and flows to be quite honest. I do try to take every day. I think we've talked about this before, Nicole, how I take, try to take every day where I do take, you know, at least a few deep breaths and calm myself down and get my head straight. Um, but I haven't, I've never taken a meditation course per se. Um, I've definitely dabbled in it here and there with my personal development journey. Um, uh, but not just really oh, straight up focused on it, I guess. So with that all said, I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> Bring them on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, what does it look like when you when you take like a, a course or something in meditation? Well, I suppose it very much depends on the courses out there. And there's some. First, I have to say there are so many wonderful courses, and there's no. And I, I think this is a really important thing to state as well. Is is that. Um, Every, there's so many different techniques out there and it's good to you to explore the, what, what's right for you. Um, every, whether it's mindfulness, transcendental meditation, Vedic meditation, all the medicine, they'll all say that it works for everybody. And do you know what, to a certain extent it does. But I think what's most important is, is that you explore them and you do research on them and you figure out what resonates with you the most. And then when you have one that really resonates with you for whatever reason that may be, the teacher, the knowledge, or what, or, or the benefits are associated with that particular technique, then I would look to sort of, sort of say to myself, right, this is what I want to do. This is a technique I want to learn. And this is what I'm going to immerse myself into for a, a minimum of six months. Because regardless of the technique that you're going to learn, it's going to take at least six months for you to really reap the benefits from it, to really recognize the benefits from it, and then maintain the practice. And so before even choosing a teacher, um, a course of any kind, I think it's really important to work out what's right for me, what the timings like, like, do I have to meditate throughout the day? Do I have to meditate every now and again? Do I meditate 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening? And I think once we have those things sorted out, then we can look at what type of meditation courses are actually out there and what is best for you. Um, and it's not necessarily listening to what your friends have to say either. I think it's something that you need to research yourself um, and make it your own journey. Um, for me, that was part of the journey was exploring because most of my friends thought I was crazy anyway and little nuts, which are kind of right. There's a little bit of nuts <laughs> in me. I'm not going to disagree there. But it was, 
using that, I wanted to know more about myself and how I felt about it. And then with that and my father's passing and life being a bit of a challenge, and then the three people on top of it recognising, why well, don't try TM, mm -hmm. I then found myself edging towards this. And then from, uh, from the course itself, they vary. Um, the course that I teach in, in particular, it's, it's simply it's four sessions. There's a, a session where you're given a, a mantra or sound and taught how to use it correctly. Um, and thereafter, there's three sessions which happen in groups. And those three sessions talk about the practicalities of meditation, how to best meditate, the best meditation practice, what you um, whether the mantra goes with the breath, not with the breath, how we sit when we meditate, and a long list of things like that. Thereafter, we talk about something like the mechanics of uh, meditation. And we talk about what happens when we think of a mantra and what, it, what does it do? How does it take us into a place of stillness quite easily and effortlessly and naturally without even thinking about it? And then we, there's a, a final session which talks about um, the longer term benefits of meditation, which is partly there to inspire us to maintain our regular practice um, mm -hmm. more than anything else. But then thereafter, any, any, for me, in my head anyway, um, any teacher that offers a course should offer online continuous support. Um, for me, I offer continuous support. It's free of charge. Um, basically, I become a family member. Um, don't worry, I don't bug you. You can I, I give you all the tools to make to make sure you practice whatever you want to practice. But then you can give me a call absolutely any time, whether it's now, whether it's ten years from now, whether it's twenty years from now, and I'll always be there for you to offer that support to ensure your practice is there. Because I think this is an important part. It's like you pass a driving test. And once we pass a driving test, we don't become a great driver straight away. We need practice in order to become a great driver. And this is the thing about meditation. It's like we need to have, give ourselves time for it to develop into a really powerful practice. And between that time and uh, between that now and that time, you may need a little support from time to time. I think it's important that you embrace that. And so that's how our courses are typically structured. And I'd like to think that most uh, most teachers would have sufficient belief and in, in uh, belief in their own techniques to offer very similar services because you're maintaining a practice is everything and it's so very important. It's all well and good marketing and promoting these courses, but if you're not prepared to offer the support to ensure they maintain the practice, ah, it doesn't feel quite so right for me. So yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't, I have another question. Uh -huh. So what is, um, you said the one that works best for you is transcendental. Yes. yes. What does that term, what does that mean? Well, basically it's, um, I'm going to very simply like there's lots of intro talks. You can look onto this side of things, or you could follow my Instagram page, Andre Berry Meditation. Ooh, <laughs> I'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> um, sorry. Um, I'm just feeling really happy at the moment. Um, oh, life is so beautiful. Um, with um, transcendental meditation, Vedic meditation to other techniques, uh, we also call it this, this sort of technique, is basically you'll use a mantra or sound that has qualities that are established in stillness. And by thinking that, thinking the mantra, by being taught how to use the mantra correctly, that mantra naturally takes you to that place of stillness with little to no effort. But you have to be taught to have to have little to create little or no effort, and that's kind of a key to it because quite often we we naturally try too hard, um, and by not trying and just by thinking taught to think it easily and effortlessly, it naturally takes us there. 
Um, and that's the essence of transcendence. It transcends you from the reality that we're in in everyday life to a place that's very different. Not mind-blowingly different. And I think this is something else, is that the marketing of some of these courses around there that sort of say that gives you this amazing space. Um, but not necessarily. It's a place of pure stillness. So still, you can hardly pick it up. Um, and the quality is, is that the mind starts to remember this place of stillness and what it can actually do. And just by thinking it again and again and again, just like we don't need to see the color red all the time to recognize the color red, we don't need to experience the stillness all the time to recognize what stillness is. And this is what transcendence does for you. It allows you to transcend again and again and again and give you a greater rea experience of the greatest reality of who we are. Yeah. Wow. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think a lot of people, when when you think of meditation, you, <laughs> I, I wonder if there's this sort of connection to to enlightenment or something like that. And you know, if you med meditate on a regular basis, your your aim is to to attain enlightenment. I, I've I don't know if I've talked about this before on this podcast, but Tiffany, I think you you've been to one of my sort of group coaching sessions where I've talked about this mm -hmm. kind of scale of calm. And, you know, kind of your center point being the calm, the zero, and then we sort of got the plus five and the minus five on either side, you know, kind of either sort of more to heading towards anxiety or more heading towards some sort of kind of apathy. And the idea, like the idea really is to kind of be able to stay more in the center of, of calm and, and, and quiet, right? And I, I kind of feel that meditation is, helps you maintain your maintain more that balance that space of calm the more you become familiar with it mm -hmm. um the easier it becomes it to kind of keep that scale in a more in a more center point rather than being pulled off in one direction or the other and then have it and then it's you know it's it's much more of a struggle to get yourself back to this this center point and I think for me being able to recognize and even be in that center point, even if it's just for a few seconds, isn't that what a taste of enlightenment really is? To just be able to be in a space of calm? Yes. I, I don't so. know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it was more of a rhetorical question. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, th I think it plays a, a part. The, the more we experience these places of calm uh these places of stillness um which other traditions call pure consciousness i think what it does is it, it just puts us in a it, it puts everything around us into a greater perspective um and it's the experience of everything it's the experience of being challenged in the world around us yet it's still at the same time feeling quite still and centered to the point that you must become the observer of the experience and I think it's important that we, we all embrace these practices, whether it's a practice, whether it's what I teach or whether it's something else, because it's available across the board. No, no one has exclusivity to stillness. Um, and it's craziness to think that anyone does have exclusivity to stillness um, because it's available to us all. But we just need to master it. We need to do whatever it takes to find it for ourselves and experience it for ourselves, because the more we're able to experience these things for ourselves, the more we're able to put life into perspective. And the, the nonsense that goes on in the world around us doesn't have to dominate our lives as much as it does. We can just be with it and accept it, what it actually is and move on from it quite easily, quite quickly. And that's available to us all. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Tiffany, I know you, you created a little Zen space in your house and you, for, for you and the kids and, and 
she's posted a lovely photo of her and one of her daughters meditating in their little zen indoor oh. zen zen space <laughs> yes it's 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 uh more and more plants keep accumulating in my zen space <laughs> oh, beautiful <laughs> Connecting with nature, eh? <laughs> oh yes. yes. Tiffany, Tiffany is the essential gardener. She, uh, if you need any, Andre, if you need any um, plant tips, she's your girl. Yeah. Oh well, I'm not. We we are surrounded. I'm in Bath. I'm in my uh, my home at Bath at the moment, um, and uh, we are just surrounded by fields. We have a lovely garden and stuff. Um, I'm not the greatest gardener, I have to say, um, but I have to. I at the same time, I I look at people who do have these beautiful gardens. I our neighbors and stuff and I look at them and I just go wow that's quite a talent there's just so much beauty around and I've also noticed is that when I go to a garden shop or a garden center not garden shop um you can't help but feel this just wonderful energy as all the kind of colors sort of just resonate throughout you doesn't they and it's just mm -hmm. such a wonderful feeling so I, I get where you're coming from I get your passion um and I think it's important to to realize again another thing is is that we connect with nature in so many different and unique ways. Um, and we can connect with nature by surrounding ourselves with plant life. Um, and the more we're able to do so, that's, that's just beautiful. I, I don't have any plants in my Zen space in my little, my, by my meditation chair, but do you know what? I'm going to get some now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love it when I can share the plant love. <laughs> it always goes both ways. It always, it never goes one yes. way. Never goes yes. one way. <laughs> I find plants for me, they're just that to have plants around me. I haven't got any at this moment, but I will be. I will have some because I've just moved. But I've I've always I love having plants around. I find it, it's just so grounding. You know, just you know, I I don't know. I used to find fine plants that people had thrown away by the bins, and I was like, okay, you're coming home with me then, and <laughs> and then just plant off their little babies and strands, and just have all of these random plants, and it just I find it so calming and so grounding. Just looking after plants, I love it. I just yeah, it's a really beautiful practice for me. But this is Tiffany's life, looking after <laughs> plants, <laughs> kind oh, of. Just... It's one aspect of her life. <laughs> so beautiful I, oh, tell us more <laughs> <laughs> well um yeah i don't know what i'll say about that i was just <laughs> wanted to say that um yeah having the plants around me i mean i work in a greenhouse so i am around plants day in and day out all the time uh but having them around me especially in my zen space because at first i just had a few and it just happened to be like where my zen space was was also like the perfect place for plants and so the more i put them around the more i just i love that space it's become my one of my favorite spots in our whole house is over there where i have my rare and exotic plants and a nice little zen area i got a little diffuser and oils so i do value it um so i have another question for you uh -huh. so uh what what age groups do you usually do your teachings with it's, it's a, that's a great question um not that the other two weren't great questions they were great questions too um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a competition <laughs> <laughs> but you're doing so well <laughs> you're way ahead <laughs> um so it's you can meditate from any age um I tend to personally, I intend to encourage play at uh, younger ages. I think play is really, really important. Um, I think play, dance, um, I'm a great believer. I love Five Rhythms Dance. I don't know if, you, if you're aware of Five Rhythms Dance, but it's, yeah. it's a global phenomenon. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. um, 
the ability to express our own unique dance and to recognize that we are all unique in who we are and the dance that we actually offer is a, is a beautiful message. And I'm, it's something that, if anything, I actually recommend. And some of my fellow teachers actually sort of question my, hang on, Andre, you, you're teaching meditation, but you talk more about five rhythms dance when it comes to schools. I go, well, actually, yes, because I think it's important that we, we play more at school time. I think they, the encouragement of play and being ourselves, our natural play is really important. I think sometimes people, meditation does have its benefits at school, at a school age, but generally speaking, I would have said, mm, play, 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 play some more and really get into play and don't let it go away. Um, oh, that rhymes. Um, <laughs> and then as we get older, we can then explore meditation because meditation can enhance our play even more so. Um, and then uh, then there could be some distractions here and there. It's like, for me, I learned to meditate when I was 37. Um, if I learned to meditate any earlier, I probably wouldn't be meditating today. Um, and so I, I suppose another thing is it is quite kind of different for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, it worked from there. And as it happens, the majority of people I teach nowadays are probably mid thirties to uh, mid fifties. Um, yeah, mid thirties to mid fifties. And they're the group that tend to be drawn to me. But at the same time, I, it's like if, um, if the 20 year old or 26 year old comes up to me, um and wants me to teach them and yes then I'll invariably i'll teach them but yeah they tend to be if i look at the if i think about the people that in particular usually come to me are usually between 35 and 55 um typically but we can meditate i suppose throughout our life at any stage um just recently talked uh, taught a couple of retired business people um and they're loving it um as well and they're in their mid-60s as well so that kind of so yeah so it's a bit varied yeah cool yeah, I mean, the benefits, the benefits are massive, aren't they? We've got um, here at the school that I'm at, we've got a teacher who was trained in, in mindfulness oh, um, and she goes in, she works with kind of the year sevens and year eights. Tiffany, that's like, you, that's, that's like 11, 12 years old, 13 years old, something like that. Um, okay. She sort of goes into their classes in the mornings and she does a bit of mindfulness practice with them um, and just does a little bit of meditation guidance with them. And I think it's it's so important to have that in schools, even from a even from a really young age. I mean, I know, you know, like you're saying, young kids they they can grasp it. They can grasp it maybe from a different, maybe from a slightly different angle, more playful angle. Um, but I think they, you know, you know, if you kind of expose them to things from a young age, they they can absolutely um, grasp it and and feel the impact and the benefits as as they get older. And I think for teenagers to have this awareness of their own minds it's only going to be beneficial to them to be able to calm and still their own their selves and come back to their own center yeah i i think i think the key the key to i first of all, I, I i totally agree with nicole it's like if we have um if we have some if we have some form of self-awareness mm. um throughout our life life is is really important i think it's uh, a lot of it comes down to is is that whether they're going to may be able to maintain their practice throughout mm. um, and in that case it needs to come very much it needs to be packaged in a way that comes from them that they decide that they want to do it because it's something that's really cool and really funky because actually meditation is really cool it is really funky it's not a hippie thing it's just something that can do so much more and it needs to be packaged as that mm. um, there's a, the amount of times i've heard of teenagers have learned to meditate but by the time they're 20 they've given it up or they've given up and this is something that they need to it needs to be packaged in a way that 
they want to maintain that practice, explore that practice, and open it, be more expressive with that practice. Um, and I think that's a, a really key part to it. How many of them are able to maintain it? Um, because doing little bits in periods and then like and then further down the line giving it up, it's like it's not really going to have the desired effect. Um, regular practice is key. Yeah, no, I, to I I absolutely appreciate that. I absolutely appreciate that. But I feel like, you know, maybe mm. you must find with some of your students, they practice for a while and then life gets in the way and yeah. they completely drop it. But then they're like, oh, mm. do you know what? I remember that I felt mm. really good when I was doing that. And I, you know, I'm, I have the tools that I can just kind of pick this up again and start yeah. again. Mm. I think, no, you're, you are, you are right on that side of things. I'm, I'm just kind of, I suppose more than anything else is, is that as long as the, as long as the support is there, as long as the support is open and it's regular and they've got access to it as and when they want it to ensure they maintain it, it's a, it's, but it's a really cool thing. I suppose my concerns are at times, and this is not just for, um, for people at school, is, is that sometimes it's a case of they haven't been med like a, they've, they've meditated, they've given it a go, oh, I've tried to meditation, it didn't work for me. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And this is something that we'd like, uh, I offer people, can, they can call me absolutely any time of day. I might be asleep, which I won't pick up, but I, invariably I will connect with them within any 24 hour period. Um, and I'll connect to them and I'll help them support them. We have online sessions twice a day, every day that people can drop in on. Um, and I think this is important to have that support. We don't hound people like Nicole would vouch. I haven't called you every day to sort of say, yeah, you can come to our online sessions. I haven't seen your online sessions any yet. Um, yet. <laughs> I haven't heard from you for the last sort of two weeks. I oh, what's wrong there? <laughs> we, uh, we don't um, we don't bug you, but we know you you know we're always there, um, and that's kind of how we we look to maintain it. I mean, people drop away, but by dropping away, they also know that any time they can drop back into it, and it's yeah. a time that they want to better drop into it, and they know that we're there. And I think yeah. that's the support and the support is needs to be there in order for people to maintain that regular practice. And I don't always see that. And that's my concern with that sort of things. Yeah, yeah. I think that, it, and it does, it does leave a different, it does leave a different element. You know, so you've worked with a teacher and the teacher's given, okay, right, you've got lifetime access to to me, to updates, to this, that, and the other. It is a different, it's a different level of, of value, I think, that you're giving as well. And and it, it's much more encouraging for somebody to come back to you and say, do you know what, I fell off the wagon. Mm. I've been really busy. Uh, you know, I've, I've kind of found myself, I've lost myself along the way, in a sense. And now I'm, you know, I know that that was a really good thing for me. And, and I've got that accountability to come back to and say, you know, I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready to sort of start again. Um, I mean, my, my sort of interest and practice with, with meditation has spanned many, many years. Um, I did when I was, I think when I was in my early 20s, maybe 23 or 24, I did a 10-day Vipassana retreat. Oh, which wow, is, beautiful. Uh, oh. I thought I was ready at the time. <laughs> <laughs> you need to know what that is. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's it's really hardcore and notoriously hardcore <laughs> um, 10 day silent meditation retreat. And you're basically meditating for like 11 hours a day. You get up at like four o'clock in the morning. Um, you have sort of little breaks in between and you're in complete silence for the whole time. You can't talk to anyone unless it's the unless you're having a conversation with the teacher. Otherwise, you you sort of stay in silence the whole time. 
no, I mean, no mobile phones, no reading, no exercise, no nothing. You're like, it's pure meditation immersion. Um, wow. Yeah. And I was like, at the time, I was like, yeah, I've meditated, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes here and there. I'm totally ready for this. <laughs> and I really suffered my way through it. It was really, really painful, the whole experience. It's- it was It'd be like, we'd be like, yeah, you know, I like run every now and then. I think yeah. I can totally do a marathon. No yeah, big deal. Was, I got this. <laughs> yeah, it was exactly that, you know. <laughs> and I mean, for me, the silence was amazing. I mean, I to have 10 days where you don't have to talk to anyone was just, that for me was the greatest experience of my life. It really was. I so appreciated it. And I could have gone on in silence for another month quite easily. When when they broke the silence, I sort of ran away. I couldn't cope with it. Um, but the actual meditation part of it was horrific for me. It was it was very painful, like physically painful. My mind was all over the place. Um, and it just it, it, that part of it was was not what I'd expected it to be, if you, but that was my own, you know, I run every now and again, let's go and do a marathon now. <laughs> yes. oh, wow. And so it's like a whole retreat that you go and do. Mm, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it was interesting because there was at the end, the very end, just before I left in the evening, I was having a conversation with a guy and it's, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because he said to me, oh, I've, you know, I've seen you and and, you know, do you do yoga? I was like, no. Do you play the, the uh, you know, what do you call it? Percussion? I was like, no. So it was like all of these kind of perceptions. Oh, you must be a really regular meditator. Well, I thought I was, but obviously not. <laughs> I was a casual med- meditator instead. <laughs> it was like, I can speak French. I can say hello and good morning. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then he told me about his experience. And actually hearing about his experience actually completely reset my entire experience it was so interesting because I think I if I hadn't have had that conversation I would have left thinking I never want to do that again that was just why would you do that and his whole take on it was just so fascinating to me I was like wow you know I why didn't look not why didn't I think of that but what an amazing way to engage with this process and he was really sort of observing his experience and sort of, you know, talking about, cause it's painful sitting cross-legged for 11 hours a day, physically, your knees hurt, your back hurts, like everything hurts. And all I was like, it's really painful, I'm so uncomfortable. And he was just like, just, to, you know, just observing the pain. And he said he created like this game show in his head where he would go and interview his knees and like, okay, knee, what's going on? You know, how are you feeling? And stuff. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's amazing. What a brilliant experience. If I ever do it again, I've got something to uh, (laughs) to ease the pain. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So have you ever done that, Andre? Have you ever been to one? No, I I haven't. I haven't been to, I've I've had several friends that have gone to do it. I think the, uh, the thing for me is, is that uh, I've, I, I just enjoy my own practice so much. I have thought about doing um, doing a going away and doing a ten days of Vipassana. Um, many of my colleagues have done it. Many of my friends have done it. Um, and many of my friends have talked about very similar experiences. It's been really enjoyable experiences. I I've, I know friends that do, that practice um, that practice the uh, Vipassana meditation and uh, they go on they, they go on the retreats and they have huge benefits and you can see it. They have this glow in their eyes. 
and this softness as well softness with great strength um uh, in their actions as well and i and i do love that um for me i guess it's the fact is is that i just meditate a few minutes in the morning and a few minutes in the evening um and life just rocks um and it just gets better and better every single day i, I go to bed every night i'm just so excited to be alive I feel as if I've got lifetimes of knowledge in a day, but I don't know where that lifetime is, that lifetimes of knowledge comes from or what it's about. I just feel it. I feel that I've grown from it. And when I wake up in the morning, I, I feel as if I'm hovering over the floor and, uh, and that feeling gets better and better and it changes and becomes even more enjoyable or even more challenging, but it's somewhat strangely enjoyable in that challenge. Um, and I just work with that and I explore it and I love it. Um, and I, I love it a lot, actually, because it puts me where I am today, really. So, uh, so yeah, so I think because I, I have that and because I, I have no need to know everything, because I'll, I'll never be a master of everything, um, I don't need to know everything. I do some things like I've, um, in order to, exp in order to be able to sort of connect with other people who, who, who I teach, They'll, they might ask me, oh, have you done a Wim Hof course? Or do you know about, do you do cold showers? Yeah, I do cold showers every morning. I, I love cold showers in the morning, cold exposure training. Or um, there's great spirituality. Oh, in Tiffany Britain. and I like, yeah, no, we're not doing cold <laughs> I've listened to him speak and I was like, yeah, still no. I'm still, yeah. still hard no on that. <laughs> good for you, oh. good for you. I can't do that, yeah. Oh, I do it first thing in the morning. I love it. I, cold exposure training. I go out, sometimes I go out in the morning. It's four o'clock in the morning. We're wintertime over here, obviously. Um, actually, wintertime in most part of the world. Um, and I wake up in the morning. I literally have a cold bucket of water, water over my head in the garden. And it's just like <gasps> four o'clock in the morning. I just love it. It's just beautiful. Cold exposure training and the whole body just reacts. It's a, it's a, it's a statement of intent for me. You, you, you're in bed first thing in the morning. You're warm and cosy. And then you get out of bed and you go downstairs from that warm and coziness and you go into an ice cold shower. You'll pour a bucket of ice cold water over your head. <gasps> <gasps> Nothing is going to challenge you in the world that has that bigger gap in that day. Nothing. Um, and there's just something about that where your mind just um, sort of expands over um, within milliseconds and you just sort of feel, wow, I'm awake. <laughs> there's still no. <laughs> I'm seeing yeah. <laughs> It's going to take a, a lot, a lot for me to actually do that. Yeah, I, I, I get, I, I suppose from my side, it's, I, it's just important that I experience, people ask me about the various techniques and what used to irritate me of, a, of, of, of some of my former teachers, some of my other teachers, that they were so attached to their own techniques, they didn't necessarily have healthy enough respect for other techniques. Mm -hmm. um, and this is why I still question whether maybe at some stage I should do the, the personal course out of respect to the great to that great tradition, just so I can experience it and know it's better to talk about it um, with fairness. Um, but it's um, it's one of the reasons why I've done things like Wim Hof. Um, I'm doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because they talk about the spirituality associated with that. I, I do that now as well. Mm -hmm. um, and whether it's um, I uh, sort of uh, or see one ayahuasca shaman, uh, shamanism, I think it's important to explore all of the techniques. Are actually out there just to have not to be a master of them um but to understand the great traditions associated by with them um, and then work it from there so yes yeah so so i have a, i have another question for you uh -huh. so for our listeners that have you know like dabbled in meditating or maybe are just thinking about maybe they should meditate what advice do you have for them? Like, what would be the first things that you would say they should try or do or how long and when? Um, to, to be honest, like, before we even meditate, <clears throat> I suppose the things I would say is mindset. Why do you want to meditate? 
Mm. Um, I, I think you have to question yourself why you want to do this. For, I'll, I'll give you an example. For me, I was, now I'm not going to hold anything back here. I, I was close to suicide. I was in a really dark, really horrible and toxic place where I just didn't know where to go. I didn't know how to express myself externally. I didn't know how to deal myself internally. I was a mess. My father then passed away. I was in a very, very difficult space. And for me, I needed to get out of that space. I needed to deal with that space with level with a level of contentment and comfort that was never, that I didn't know was possible. And so because of that, I had the drive to maintain my practice. And I think that's an important part. You need to, before mm-hmm. we even talk about what technique, what time of day should I meditate, before we get any of that done, we should first, before we go any further, mindset, why are we doing it? Mm-hmm. And I think once our mindset's in place and be serious about it, we don't want to do it because some celebrities doing it. We don't want to be doing it because it's cool or because we've seen some article in the press or something like that. Let's not be looking at looking at doing it because of that. Look at it, look at it because it has the potential to change your life for the better. Because the reality is whatever technique you do, it has the char- potential to change your life for the better. I think that's pretty much, yes, it will do. Anything that gives you expansion on a greater awareness of who you are and what you're about yes it can do this but be more specific why do i want to do this and i think once we start to question why we want to do it and to recognize that meditation can help us in doing that and achieving those sort of goals then we're heading in the right direction so that's before we go any further that's what we're looking at first next up get a good night's sleep sleep is so important it's like people come and talk to they, they come to my courses and I talk about sleep and I talk about mindset. And they go, when are you going to start talking about meditation? So we've got to lay the foundations first. You lay the foundations first and you get into that place where you start to understand this is why I want to meditate because just doing a meditation course isn't going to help. Meditating twice a day, every day is going to change your life. Meditating just here, there and everywhere, that's going to do nothing for you regardless of your technique, regardless of what anyone says. And if anyone says that, I encourage you to walk away as well. So mindset is everything. Make sure you know why you're doing it and why you want to doing it. Next after, get a good night's sleep. Get a good night's sleep and understand the benefits of sleep. Because if we're sleepy, if the body is tired, we're gonna less, it's less likely that we're going to have a, a, a good meditation experience. Now, at the same time, if you meditate regularly, you will get a good night's sleep if you're having difficulties with sleep. So they do go hand in hand. They're very supportive mm-hmm. of each other. I do hear of some meditation teachers um, that do say that, oh, no, if you med- meditate, meditation is more, impel- more important than sleep. I don't go with that. Um, I understand where they're coming from. They say that by transcending to a place of stillness, it's, a, it's more, a, supposedly a more advanced state than sleep. Um, and because of that, you're experiencing different things. And I, I kind of get where they're coming from. But I don't really go with it at the same time. I don't feel right by going with that. I feel more sleep is key. If you don't sleep properly, that's the issue that we need to explore. So mindset first, good night sleep second. Um, and then when we have those sort of things in place, then we start to be more inspired to maintain to, to start looking for a practice. I said, you know what? I'm getting a good night's sleep. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling refreshed. My mind's in place. I'm really starting to think clearly. I want more of this. I want more of this clarity. I want more of this, this sort of energy. And at this point, we start looking at what meditation practices are out there. And when we start looking from there, then we look at ones that suit our lifestyle. Um, for some people, meditating, maybe uh, sort of being, have, doing mindful, using mindfulness techniques throughout the day can be incredibly powerful and work very, very well. Other times, it might be a case of, well, do you know what? I had time to meditate in the morning and maybe some time to meditate in the evening. 
maybe it's got a couple of times twice a day for a few minutes yeah that's something that's more appealing maybe it's a case of that i may, i need to do something i've got more time in the morning than i have in the evening so i maybe i can do something maybe an hour or so in the morning and it's about finding something that suits your lifestyle and then when you have something that suits your lifestyle and you've nailed that then you look, start looking at the techniques and then after you've started looking at the techniques it's about okay what's best for me what's mm -hmm. what's best based on who i am as a person like some techniques require quite a lot of energy and uh, concentration in order to make them happy uh, in order for them to work others are very kind of carefree don't really mind you don't judge the experience you just kind of let it be go the flow that's another sort of experience what kind what people what meditation technique are you drawn to and then when you're there at that point and you have that regular meditation practice i think at this point here you've done sufficient work to ensure that you give yourself at least six months um, to give it a go because you've already got your mindset in place because you want to change your, um, you want to change what's going on whatever you want to change in your life you already get a really good night's sleep so you're getting huge benefits from sleeping really well you've done sufficient research on the meditation practices out there and you found something that really really suits you so you're already doing so much for you and by just doing those sort of things alone i think you'll find yourself meditating quite um wanting to meditate quite regularly there afterwards keep in touch with your teacher the first six months are the most important. First six months, I don't go with the 30 days to maintain a habit, 20 days to take, or 60 days to take a habit, or 90 days to take a habit. It's a lifetime to maintain the habit. You've yes. got to do it for life. And knowing the first sort of six months, the first six months can help because the first six months give you, you start to have greater experience of what's going on, regardless of your technique. It usually takes about six months before you start having it. And there afterwards, keep in touch with your teacher go to the sessions go listen to what the teachers have to say um and read the books i would recommend um but don't read too many books to start off with because you might find yourself comparing yourself to other people just focus on your own experience speak and mm -hmm. be in touch with your teacher that's not a hint nicole um <laughs> but um just and then just go from there so that's what i would tend to recommend um, rather than necessarily set times or uh, times a day to work on or anything like that make sense Oh, that was a fabulous answer. That was, that was really good. I hope that our listeners really took that in because that is some bomb advice right there. Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so Andre, how can, how can people find you, get in touch with you? I know you've been doing like online since the pandemic, you've been doing sort of a free yeah. online meditation every day. And so how can people find you and get involved? Well, we, we do a, we do, we've been doing an online meditation since the first lockdown. I think we're, we're now on our, coming up to our 600th day, consecutive day. Um, we've been doing it at 11 a.m. Um, and that's available to all practices. Um, or just people that just want to sit in peace and quiet. Um, it's been really beautiful. Um, it's been a really beautiful, powerful thing to set, set up. Um, and anyone that's practicing transcendental or Vedic meditation, any of those sort of techniques, they can. Um, uh, we've also have a, an online support program, which they're more than like more than likely to come and come and join us. We don't charge for that either. Um, so uh, probably best is just through my uh, my Instagram and Facebook uh, sort of posts, really. They're not particularly large numbers because I don't really focus on social media that much. Um, but I've been told I have to. Um, so <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'm not really sure about this. Yeah, so I don't have the biggest of followings. I think it's like come up to a thousand or so, but it's not. So it's not particularly big. But um, we, it's not. It's not what we. It's not the numbers. It's the quality that we. Uh, we, we really yeah, exactly. Focus on. 
Um, so, uh, so yes. So and uh, I think the notes are going to be there. Andre Berry meditation. Um, yeah. Yep, <laughs> it will be. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Andre. It's been great to have you here and, and, and to hear your story and your wisdom and your, your tips and, and tricks for, for us and for our listeners. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, this has been so much fun. I just, just loved it. It really has been just so, it's been absolutely beautiful. Um, and uh, thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. Yeah, we really appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you so much listeners for tuning in today to Heart, Soul and Roots podcast. Uh, signing off, I'm Tiffany Durr. I'm Nicole. And don't forget to um, leave us a like, share us with your friends. And um, yeah, that's the best thing that you can do to support us. Just share us around and, and leave us leave us thumbs up and hearts and kisses all over the place. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.